Hello, welcome to The Ripple, a podcast diving deep on Clojure programs and libraries. This week, I'm talking about Clojure script compilation with Thomas Heller, the creator of the Shadow CLJS build tool. Welcome to the show, Thomas. Hello, and thanks for having me. Thanks. Yeah. So we had to talk about Shadow CLJS, but I think your background is kind of instructive in understanding why you created it and um, sort of the direction that you're coming from. So could you kind of give us the sort of brief rundown on where you came from and what led you to create Shadow CLJS? Sure. So I have been doing web development for about 20 years now. I don't, can't remember when I started, but a long time ago now, and went through very many different languages. I started with Perl, did some PHP, did some Java, did some Ruby, some Python, then ultimately came to Clojure. And the one thing I liked about Clojure is that uh, it's Clojure, or that I could have the same language on the server and on the client. Then when I started diving into ClojureScript, I quickly ran into the, some limitations of the tooling at the time. And back then I started Shadow Build. I, I called it Shadow Build, not Shadow CHS. But uh, it started four years ago, but only became really more public one year ago. But it's my main tooling for ClojureScript. Great. Yeah. And so what are the what are the selling points for Shadow CLJS? Why should I switch to it from FigWheel or CLJS build? You know, convince me why I should investigate it. First of all, if you have a working setup with, with FigWheel and CLJS build that works for you, there's no reason to switch. <laughs> they, it's just compiling ClojureScript. That's not going to give you anything. The reason to switch is if you want to have direct access to NPM. Since for FigWheel and all other ClojureScript tools, you are probably relying on CLJS.js, which are repackages mm-hmm. um, from NPM to closures, which is a valuable thing to do, but not everything is available. Sometimes the packages are out of date and Shadow CLJS just does the direct integration into NPM. So every, everything that's on NPM can use directly without any configuration just npm install it and go great so in contrast with clgs.js where if something's not available you have to package it yourself or ask someone else to package it for you you can just go into the, the entire million million packages on npm and yes run any of them all of them all of them, all of them that are intended for the browser yes <laughs> right <laughs> the node only package is not um <laughs> but yes all of them wow yeah that's great so Shadow CLJS, it's a little bit different in the sort of high-level architecture compared to things like FigWheel and CLJS Build. So can you kind of give people an understanding of what what is going on at the very top level there? So at a, at the very, very top level, you have two parts to the whole thing. You have an NPM package and you have a closure library. The NPM package is about uh, providing a command line interface and launching an actual JVM so that you don't need lining in or closure or any other pre-installed tools. The only thing you need is NPM and Java, but you don't need lining in or anything. And then the the NPM package just launches this standard Java JVM, closure JVM, and um, launches the closure library to build or the actual build stuff. It's not full stack, but it's a full solution. So it covers... Uh, development as well as release builds and all of that with uh, with uh, FigWheel. FigWheel is only focused on development builds. You still need a second tool to do the um, advanced release builds, mm-hmm. so the optimized builds. 
And ShadowCRJS just does everything from development to release. And uh, on top of that, uh, provides much higher level abstraction for build configs so that you only need to specify what, what's really relevant to your build. Since the, the Node um, server uh, that you want to build will have very different requirements from, from a build config than a browser build. Browser build is generally way more um, complex. So does that mean that the JavaScript side is building the class path and downloading any dependencies that are not locally present? For downloading the dependencies, there's actually a little helper which uses uh, Pomegranate, mm -hmm. which is a closure library that Liningen and Boot both use. And I recently did some experiments with uh, tools Depths instead of uh, that library. So the, the class path is built by a Maven Java library, and um, the NPM package just calls that. Right. But it, the, the end package just basically builds the class path using the extra utility and then launches the actual JVM. Right. Just to kind of get the, the process flow, there's a JavaScript utility, launches a JVM to get the class path, right. maybe launches the same one to download some dependencies, and then it launches a separate one with the class path specified for your actual build. Right. And the NPM part is actually optional. So if you know the lining in tools, the new closure CLI tools, or even boot, if you have any other way that you're familiar with um, for launching a JVM or so a normal closure setup, then you can skip the NPM part completely. This is not required. Uh, you can also just use lining in or closure or any other tool. Nice. So, so as we mentioned, one of the features of Shadow CLGS that's really notable and uh, you know, a really strong selling point for it is the, the easy JavaScript integration with NPM modules. And so how does that work and why is that, what, what have you done differently that makes it so much easier for you to do it than for the sort of more mainstream JavaScript build tools? So one of the big difference is not using Clojure, <laughs> uh, so the Google Clojure compiler. The strategy by uh, ClojureScript or the, the idea behind ClojureScript is to import all JavaScript all NPM JavaScript and run it through Google Closure compilation. And in theory, better if it works. It just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> because there are so many different styles of JavaScript on NPM. Basically, the community starts doing new stuff every week or so. And the Closure compiler is very strict about the type of JavaScript it accepts. And some of the stuff that's on NPM, Google Closure Compiler just doesn't understand or just cannot convert correctly. And therefore, you run into very many uh, limitations with it. What I do instead in ShadowCHS is what other JS tools do. They don't try to run through advanced compilation. And that's the main problem. The code on NPM is just not written for Closure, Google Closure, and you run into way too many bugs. <laughs> and um, if it works, it's better, but just doesn't work reliable enough. And I just wanted a way to access all of NPM without having to manually tune, tune every single package I found. And so you don't run the NPM modules through the, the advanced Clojure compiler, but you're still running the Clojure script through that and the Google Clojure library? Right, yes. All of the 
code that is known to be compatible with Google Closure is still running through advanced like usual. And the code from NPM is actually also running through the Google Closure compiler, just not with advanced compilation and their translation of CommonJS to Google Closure.js. So the more aggressive optimizations are skipped and instead the more compatible approach is taken, I guess. And what level, what level is that? Is that simple? Or? Yeah, that's simple. Basically, Google Closure has some really, really aggressive optimizations that it does in advanced compu compilation. And those just don't work if the code is not written for it. Closure Script Compiler emits the code that's compatible, so that's no problem. But NPM is not. The packages just don't survive. And so the packages are instead run through simple optimizations, which is still better than most of the other JS tools. So it still produces smaller output than Webpack, say, but it's not as aggressive. So so you get less breakage. <laughs> yeah. And so it sounds like there's, there's just kind of a different philosophy there between the Google Closure compiler and the rest of the JavaScript world in terms of what they what they want to do to javascript can you kind of talk about you know the philosophical differences there sure so the main difference is that the google closure compiler is meant for optimizing your whole program so it takes all of your code and optimizes it in one step so um, you get the best output possible since it knows all the code it knows what code is not used and can remove it the javascript world isn't built for this they are starting to catch on that it's a good idea and are, are trying to add it to Webpack, um, what they call tree shaking, so that functions or bars or whatever, which you don't use, can get removed in compilation. But that's fairly new and not quite as advanced. And I guess the JavaScript world is getting there slowly. Uh, they just skipped Google Closure, I guess. <laughs> right. And it's always kind of felt to me like Google Closure has been sort of this this thing to one side that never was really you know embraced by the rest of the the JavaScript community, possibly because of those restrictions of on the JavaScript you can write. Yeah, the the main issue is that writing Google Closure compatible code by hand is absolutely terrible. Yeah, everything's namespaced. You get these ultra long names that you need to type all the time. It takes a lot of patience, I guess, and uh, discipline. It's super annoying to write by hand. I can totally understand why the uh, general JavaScript world doesn't want to write that code. Sure. And ClojureScript emits this code for us, so we don't need to write all the boilerplate stuff. So it's much nicer. The JavaScript world, in general, with the new ECMAScript 6 module output, is actually getting very compatible with Clojure. So if they only start writing compatible ECMAScript 6, which the Google Closure compiler understands without issue, then they can use Google Closure. It's actually not a problem then. But the amount of weird code on NPM is just going to take away to adjust. Because all of the adjustments you need to make for Google Closure, you also need to make for their new tree shaking stuff so that you get the dead code elimination. You need to follow certain rules and they just didn't do in the last few years <laughs> right yeah and so do you know what do googlers internally write this kind of javascript or do they have tools that generates it for them do you know nowadays they don't you can follow the google closure library which barely gets any updates at all some of them started writing ecmascript 6 
there's a statement or somewhere on the Google Closure compiler that all Google internal code runs through the Closure compiler. I don't know if that's actually true because I have seen some of their official code that's not from Google Closure. But yes, you can write, if you write the new stuff, so, so ECMAScript 6, the Google Closure compiler can process it very good and you get full advanced compilation for that. And if you are very disciplined about the JavaScript code you write, then it works. It's just not fun to write. So if we come back to the Clojure script side of things, um, for everyone who's not using Shadow CLGS, they will need to create what are called externs to sort of prevent this, this mangling of the code by the Clojure compiler. Can you talk about why externs are necessary, what purpose they serve, and yeah, what, what they're doing? So um, as I said before, Google Clojure wants to optimize your whole program. So you give it all the code, and it runs its optimization over the code. But sometimes it's not possible to give it all the code. And in the case of ClojureScript, you sometimes can't pass it all the JavaScript. So if you use CLJS.js and use React, for example, the React won't run through Google Clojure. So it doesn't know what that JavaScript means and can't optimize it and doesn't know if a name in there belongs to something it is supposed to optimize or something it's supposed to keep as is. And externs tell the, the Google Closure compiler about the external code, so code that's not available during compilation. Google Closure in advanced mode will rename variables uh, pretty aggressively, so a long variable name gets shortened to one character or two. Yeah, the externs teach the, the Google Closure compiler about the code it doesn't see. In my case, or in Shadow CLJS case, it still doesn't see the external JavaScript when compiling the ClojureScript code because it's still separated so that the JavaScript, uh, the, the NPM JavaScript, doesn't run through, through advanced compilation. But since Shadow CLJS processed the JavaScript beforehand, it knows about the properties that the advanced compilation shouldn't rename so that the, the external inference or the Externs generation can be automated a little bit more. So you need to write less externs with Shadow CRJS. So one of the things I've seen in Shadow CRJS is this uh, caret JS uh, type hint, mm -hmm. I guess you'd, you'd call it, um, mm -hmm. for externs detection. So that's, as far as I know, not sort of standard closure script. It is. It is, it is standard closure script? Yes. Oh. The only difference is that the recommendation in the official guide and so is to type the EJS type hint. So Google Closure is also a type checking compiler and it can do some more advanced optimizations if it knows the type of the thing. But since CLJS itself is not type and you're not adding type hints all over the place, that extra typing is not necessary. Therefore, JS without an extra class hint is just as well as at JS with the type in. Because the only difference in from Clojure, uh, Google Clojure, is that when it finds a name, it doesn't recognize on a type, it doesn't recognize. So if it can't tell what type a thing is, then it will look in all externs for a name. And if that name is mentioned anywhere in the externs, it doesn't matter which class it's defined on, it won't rename that variable. So we don't need the extra effort of trying to figure out which class we need to type in. Right. 
And that's why you only need the JS type. But it's also, it works completely fine in standard JavaScript. That is not something new. Is there anything else we haven't sort of covered in the Node Closure Closure Script, that sort of integration? Is there anything else interesting in there that people should should be aware of? So one thing that was very important to me was the direct interop with JavaScript. So it's not just NPM JavaScript, but also my local JavaScript. So that's my my script file can import a normal Java file, a JavaScript file, use that, and the JavaScript file itself can also import script code and use that directly. Because one thing that was pretty bad for me when I started, which I would have liked when I started, was I had a bit of pretty big code base in CoffeeScript. But there was no way for me to just rewrite one part. Right. I just importing other JavaScript was pretty hard and making that two-way didn't work at all. So I wanted a way that I could take a normal JavaScript project and start writing one namespace at a time. So if you want to migrate, if you are interested in JavaScript, you don't have uh, interest in ClojureScript, but you have a big JavaScript project. You don't have to rewrite everything. You just do it one namespace at a time. So the NPM integration was actually secondary to what I wanted. It just came out of that. But the the most important part for me was complete JS integration, all of it, so that you can, if you want to write uh, some object-oriented JavaScript code that requires classes and everything and would be much easier to write in JavaScript, you can do that. You can still call the script from the JavaScript and back and forth. It's easy. And you don't need any special extra tooling around it, I guess. So um, the JS integration in, in Shadow CHS is actually quite capable of just compiling normal JavaScript projects. So you, you can take a normal uh, JavaScript project and compile that with Shadow CHS directly. The, the migration or, or the steps to integrate ClojureScript into an existing JavaScript projects is way easier. Great. Sometimes I've written a little bit of D3 from ClojureScript and and you can do that in, in ClojureScript, but it gets to look a little bit ugly. Exactly. When you're doing all of that JavaScript interrupt. So yeah, being able to write, you know, just a have a JS file that does all of the, the, the banging on the state and then pull it in from somewhere else. That seems really, really powerful. Yeah, and um, th- that's actually one thing I did. Uh, there are lots of examples for D3, for some charts and uh, other stuff. And I really didn't want to edit any of that. I just wanted to switch out where, where it got its data and then just display the thing. I didn't want to rewrite it or translate it to closure script and change all the object-oriented mutable stuff. So just importing JavaScript directly from your normal uh, closure script namespace and using the, the code directly um, without having to configure it or um, run it through another tool or whatever just use it directly it was very important for me because I sometimes do that and it just was way too difficult before. Yeah. And so mechanically, do you have a separate uh, JS folder or does it live in the same uh, path? No, you can put it just right next to your CLJS file. And um, I all, I get that that's a bit, a bit uh, controversial, but I also added support for importing relative paths. So if you are in your app, 
namespace. So uh, source your app.cljs and you can make an your include.js. And in the closed script namespace, you can require dot slash include.js. So the direct file next to your closed script file can be imported. And that can be used like any other Google closure library code or closure script code. So, and that's more NPM style import relative paths. Is that? Yeah, you can also use absolute path if you, if you prefer. But the difference is that the way NPM resolves the code is if you start with, with an ambiguous name, which they define as something that doesn't look like a path. Say you want to uh, use React. You just say React without any path. And that will be looked up in node modules, React, and then package.json and uh, the, the files there. Right. And if you use a path, normal NPM or node will look for the actual file relative to where you are right now. Right. And since the the rule is that a closed script namespace has to match its file name, we can translate that easily to closed script when importing, since the NS is must always match match the file system name. And I guess it's comparable to closure where you, when you want to import a Java file or a Java class. You just say import and the fully quali fully qualified name of the class. And there was n nothing comparable for closure script since you couldn't just include JavaScript. You had to do had to configure it in the compiler and it was then treated differently or is still treated differently in normal closure script. And it's just hard to use JavaScript directly. If you already have, say, 30 or 50 React components, using them right now in normal closure script is pretty hard. But uh, with Shadow CHS, you can use it directly. You might need a translation if you're using JSX, but otherwise you can use it directly. So is Shadow CRJS also suitable to be used for creating libraries uh, that other ClojureScript applications would would consume? Um, say I wanna, I'm interested in uh, doing something with React, I want to write, write Reagent 2. If I use uh, Shadow CRJS to build and, and work with that, does that mean that only other Shadow CRJS users would be able to consume that library if I relied on some of those those special uh, shadow features? <laughs> yes and no. I guess we could, uh, should talk about the the actual difference in shadow CRJS and uh, other closure script tools. The language itself remains basically the same, and there's a closure script compiler which translates closure script to JavaScript, and then there's a closure script tooling which has uh, a default implementation, I guess which takes the generated JavaScript and packages it together so that you can load it in the browser. And Shadow CRJS, 90% of the work I do is actually on the second part. It's not on the translating ClojureScript to JavaScript. That is more or less the same. It's more about packaging the generate, final generated code together so that you can load it more optimized for the browser or for Node or for Chrome extensions or whatever target you want. And the big part is the JS integration. The ClojureScript remains more or less standard. And the big difference is when it comes to library. If you import a NPM library, then you will get into issues with, with other ClojureScript tools that can't import those NPM packages. So if you write your library to use CLJS, JS, React, 
then everything is fine because other tools can consume that. And Shadow CLJS has emulation that maps the CLJS JS uh, React to the actual npm React package. So if you just write normal standard closure script code, everything is compatible. There are no changes there. The only thing that Shadow CLJS actually does different from the compiler's perspective is hooking into the namespace parsing so that it can influence how JavaScript is resolved. But other than that, the compiler is more or less identical. So the closure script code you write in Shadow CLJS can be consumed normally in other tools as it can consume any other uh, closure script tool, tool because the closure script itself remains the, same, remains the same. The only difference or problem you can run into if you write a wrapper for some JavaScript NPM library for material UI or and design or any other wrapper that would require installing this npm pack that is problematic with other tools you can still make it work but it takes some extra step like setting up webpack and that stuff sure but the closure script itself is fully standard yeah and there's one thing that you just kind of mentioned um which I wanted to just sort of bring to everyone's attention which was cljs js packages and how shadow uh, handles them you just sort of about what what happens there right so so closure has this concept of foreign libs where you take a javascript file treat it as completely foreign as in does not process as in in any way just prepended so if you generate your final output file it just gets prepended and that javascript file will then provide react or react dom or whatever have you and what your code does is use the global React vari variable. So you say JS slash React dot create element or whichever. And Shadow CLJS provides a compatibility for that so that if you import CLJS JS dot React in your code, Shadow CLJS will set up the global React variable for you and import it from NPM. Nice. So that you don't need to do anything. So that the code is actually compatible with both with all platforms. Yeah, that that's really nice, and that's that kind of focus on the the developer experience is one of the things I've really appreciated about Shadow. You've got a great manual and documentation and a homepage, which all you know are really helpful for people trying to learn and, and adopt these kind of tools. Do you have um, sort of a any particular sort of developer experience features that you're really proud of? Um, what are the kind of things that you think about when you're sort of looking at the developer experience of Shadow CLJS? So the the thing I'm I'm focusing on is building a tool that I want to use. And what's important to me is uh, tools that don't break, tools that work out of the, out of the box and don't require much configuration. I guess it's like Emacs versus Cursive where people that like tuning configs can do it, but I don't like that stuff. I want to see, uh, I want to write the minimal amount of configuration to get my actual work done. And I don't like tweaking all the different components together. And I just want to work on my code. And that's my focus on, uh, on Shadow CIJS because I don't want to get, spend too much time on configuration and stuff. And beyond that, the, most of the features in, in Shadow CLJS are copied from other tools. The live code reload com uh, with keeping the state is uh, the idea came from Pickwheel. I, I didn't come up with that. And the idea is great. 
and uh, integrating it is was easy enough. So so I just added it. The JS integration, I saw how Webpack does it. So I looked at how Webpack did it and took that as, as an inspiration to make that overall easier for uh, closure script users. And I guess I'm just really lazy when it comes to my actual project. <laughs> I, I, I hate it if my build config breaks, so I have, I have to tweak it constantly. And what I noticed over the past five, four or five years uh, of using this is that quite often the configuration was repeated multiple times. Yep. So the, the config for a browser build almost always looked identical. The, the only thing that changed was maybe the output path and the namespace that's, that were used. And uh, for Node, the same. So I decided to simplify the configuration to, to strip out all the repetitive stuff. Right. So that you don't need to spy, specify optimizations advanced. It's just uh, or optimizations non for dev. And have two different builds, uh, build configurations for a development build and a, a release build. I just combined it into one because I can derive the what should be set for advanced, what should be set for development out of the rest con that, that of the config that you actually need to configure. Yeah, that's that's really nice. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of the closure script projects I've worked on using you know CLJS build or FigWheel, they do tend to get multiple large copied chunks of, of configuration code, as, as you mentioned. Yeah, and the one of the aspects of uh, Shadow CIGES is also that it supports multiple builds in parallel. In all my projects, I had always multiple builds. I had one for the front end, one for the back end, one for an admin interface, one for an affiliate interface, and lots of different builds. So my main work project has five builds. Mm -hmm where three or four of them are almost always running. And in other tools, you take this five configs <laughs> and you uh, make it, uh, multiply it by two because you need a development config and you need a release config. So you have same, uh, 10 configs. And the, the configuration tends uh, all, um, often gets quite long because of the, I use code splitting a lot or modules. So one build has four modules. And the the module configuration is identical in development and um, release. So why do I have to repeat the config? And um, I guess that's the the main thing I'm trying trying to solve. I cut down the the configuration to to an absolute minimum, so that you only write what you actually want or need to write, and it's the repetitive stuff more or less just gets moved out. Yeah, that's that's nice. So recently you were funded by Closures Together, mm -hmm. which is an organization I help run. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really pleased that's just started. Well, I guess we're one, one month through the three-month cycle. So what are some of the things that you're going to be focusing on over the next few months? So I, I started working on Shadow uh, CIGES or the actual current incarnation of it uh, about a year ago. But it's a, basically a full-time job. But I no longer could justify working or spending so much time on it because I needed to do actual work. And the, the Closures Together funding just allowed me to... So some of the more out-there features, I guess, so uh, the more ambitious features I wanted to work on, I couldn't justify working on because I needed to earn actual money. So the, the Closures Together funding allowed me to try some new stuff and one of the things i'm tr i'm actively working on and trying to figure out how to do 
effectively is working on a UI component for Shadow CRJS. So that you, when you start it, you are not just presented with a text output in a terminal somewhere, but you can actually look at, an, uh, at a UI interface which can display way more information. You can display names about uh, information about namespaces. You can browse documentation. You can control the builds. Uh, if, you, if you run multiple builds in one terminal, it easily gets overloaded with, with text output. It's very hard to structure this in a normal uh, text build. So if you have uh, you are developing a server-side Node.js server and a ClojureScript front-end, it's very easy to get overloaded with output. <laughs> and uh, the UI component, I think, should make it much easier to use. And one of the things I want to try is making a UI for actual configuration so, so that you have a wizard-style UI where you can just click a few times to create a new build so that you don't need to remember which configuration key and what value it should have, and it could uh, provide auto-completion for path or for namespaces. And that's stuff I want to explore, and that's only possible due to the funding. Otherwise, I couldn't justify it. And I really think that is, again, like with everything else, I looked at what other tools do. And um, if you look at Vue, it has a very good UI component where you can basically see all the information about your project on one simple screen and um, with much more in, um, in detail information about problems or just about what goes into your build. It's very, very easy to lose track of what is actually in your build. So for some reason, you end up with uh, two megabytes of JavaScript, which is way too large. <laughs> and finding out where all this stuff actually comes from is pretty hard. And so I built, I built this build report feature um, which is basically a precursor to the UI, and it generates a detailed report about all the code that is actually in your build. So it tells you how much bytes the ClojureScript parts take, how much bytes the NPM package take, and which NPM packages are imported. And one of the questions that came out of that is, why is this even in my build? So what included this? <laughs> and Answering this question is pretty hard if you just have a REPL or a terminal interface to display all this information because there are complex dependency graphs and everything. And um, having the UI to display this is much better, I think. And personally, I want to use it myself yeah. because I really think that I'm sta I started using it, although the UI currently is horrible, but it's also already useful. And I guess I want to just make the quick start easier so that you can just start it and you can then click few, click through a few screens to get your first uh, configuration going to uh, get access to a REPL without having to configure anything and just start using it with a nice UI element where you automatically have a par infer configured or something and with code completion directly in the browser because I don't like working at the terminal. It's great for automation. It's great for continuous integration. It's good for all the uh, composing different build steps together, but it's not great during development. It's just, I end up with five different terminals open with two REPL windows, and it just gets confusing. I think when you, uh, if you combine everything into one screen, there's a lot of tension. That's what I want to build on. Yeah. And the other thing I'm, I want to build um, 
is actual project gen generation right now is a bit too complicated. So template. When you have when you're used to lean uh, or lining in, just say line new uh, project name, and you get a basic setup with the basic project.cj and some source paths and some namespaces, and all of that is generated for you. There there are some templates for sh shadow CRJs, but they currently all use lining in. So a JavaScript developer that has never used Clojure before um, is forced to install lining in first before it, they can generate a ClojureScript project. And I wanted to uh, want to create a template solution that lets you quick and easily generate the basic boilerplate stuff uh, like a package JSON, shadow CRJs, EDN, config file, uh, the, the source path, and maybe some demo content for, for say, Reagent or Reframe or whatever framework you want to use that you can just get started. You don't need to type as many commands as you currently need. Great. Those, that sounds really, really cool. I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing those continue to develop. And uh, I also wanted to mention here, a uh, huge thanks to all of the sponsors of Closures Together. You know, without them, we wouldn't have the money to sponsor you and uh, sponsor all of the other projects that we've been able to to fund over the last year or so. Um, and I want to especially highlight the filter members who are Juxt, Medicine, and Status. Juxt is a closure consultancy based in the UK. Uh, Medicine is a closure consultancy based in Finland. And Status is a mobile Ethereum OS. Uh, and so they do a bunch of interesting things with uh, Ethereum and cryptocurrencies. So looking out a bit bit further, are there some, some larger long-term goals uh, or features for Shadow CLGS that you'd like to support? One thing I like about ClosScript is that it's not moving very fast. It's very conser conservative in the development. So, And I also don't see very many changes to ClojureScript itself that would be required for anything. And so the my focus is on general stability, general uh, trying to work out some of the kinks of the JS integration because there are still some left due to strange JS packages. And the focus is just keeping it stable. I, I don't want to add too many features. Once the UI is done, I don't think I'm going to add any new features because there aren't, there aren't many more things you need to do when that's done and i don't think i i don't want to integrate other languages or so it's just about closure script right we're not going to get a shadow typescript as well definitely not no <laughs> <laughs> great uh and so is there anybody you'd like to thank or mention i guess i'd like to thank closures together for the funding Every member that contributes and voted for Shadow CRJS and everyone in the ClojureScript community for being so nice and friendly all the time. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much for talking with me about Shadow CRJS and all of the things you've been working on and what you're working on now. I'm really interested in uh, following along and I've, I've used Shadow a little bit on some edge uh, edge cases and some, some small projects um, and I'm looking to dive into it a bit deeper. There's some, some, some really cool things in here that I'd like to see more of and experience more of. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks for having me.